welcome to part two of our staff testimonies. Every time I listen to these stories and as I'm going through editing it, I am always blown away at how God has provided, how God has shaped each one of the people who come here through all sorts of walks of life. We're excited to share this second group of stories with you about how God has prepared BFA for the hundreds of students that have been able to also come here. We hope you enjoy. did not grow up in a missionary background, but I did come from a very strong Christian home. I was homeschooled, and then I went to a small private Christian high school. Ever since I was in ninth grade, I knew that I wanted to do youth ministry. So when I was just a youth myself, I knew the importance um, of the impact that all of the adults in my life were having on my life. So I went through high school with the idea of becoming a youth pastor. And then I reached the end of high school and decided I didn't want to go to a Christian university. And so because of that, I chose to go into education because of the unique youth ministry-like role that teachers get to have in the lives of their students. So I went to school um, and I majored in English and secondary education. As I was reaching the end of my college career, um, I was looking specifically to do youth ministry opportunities abroad for a short term and then go back to the States and uh, start my job teaching, start my life teaching. So last summer, I was looking at a lot of summer or one to two year long internships, um, specifically in the Czech Republic and in Poland. And then last June, I heard about BFA from the Armstrongs, who came back to my church in Colorado to talk about their ministry um, at BFA. I still haven't met the Armstrongs yet, so (laughs) I'm coming for you guys today. I'm going to come say hi. (laughs) But sitting there in church and hearing them talk, it just felt right, because here I was going to be able to combine my love for youth ministry with my passion for teaching. And so um, after that Sunday, I immediately went on the website, and I pretty much left all other options behind me, and I pursued this wholeheartedly. Through my journey to come here, God has shown me so much faithfulness. Um, He's throughout fundraising as well as my travels to be here. I had a goal to be 100% funded by the end of June. And reaching the end of June, I was like $77 and some cents short. And I said, cool, that's 99.9% funded. Like, that's great. And then at 10 p.m. in the last day of June, one of my, I got an email that one of my friends um, had pledged that exact monthly amount, which I don't even know why, how she did that, because I hadn't told her that that was the amount that I needed. And so just that in and of itself is an incredible testament to God's faithfulness. And then again, in my travels to get here, being stopped at Heathrow for a number of hours, and then having to um, take a train from Brussels into Freiburg with like three suitcases and a giant backpack but I didn't lose any of it, and there was always someone there to help me with my luggage. So just in little and big things like that, God has really proven to me that this is where I'm supposed to be, and I'm so pumped to see what he does here, because I have no doubt that this is where I'm meant to be. Thanks. Good morning, I'm Birgit Langenstein, and I feel so privileged to serve and intercede alongside you all. Um, I'm a native to Germany, 
born and raised here in this beautiful province in Baden-Württemberg, but I spent most of my life abroad, uh, in particular in Memphis, Tennessee, where I, where I served for 20 years. Um, there I, um, where we had as a church intentionally moved into the worst of the inner city neighborhoods in order to live out the gospel, be good neighbors, and found a network of house churches. During these 20 years, the Lord took me down an amazing road. I started out as college as a science instructor for international students, then moved with a master of instruction and curriculum leadership um, to work with the city school system in our neighborhood. And because 70% of my high school students there were not able to read and write, I did a second degree for language and literacy training to at least enable everyone to read the Bible for themselves. Also realizing that many young people that did not succeed because they were raising themselves on the streets in absence of fathers who were with gangs or in jail, I moved into a boarding home to live with those I was trying to reach, first as residential staff and later also as dorm mother for 15 girls. In both day school and in residential settings, the Lord kept sending individuals to me who, were, who had a history of uh, traumatizing experiences. And he finally addressed this need with another degree in counseling and special education where I majored in the area of emotional and social development. The last eight years in Memphis, I served at the Binghamton Christian Academy, a small K through eight grade boarding school that had been established for all those who have failed in the city school system. And we served African-American, Hispanic, and African families, many civil war refugees from, Surund from Burundi and from Sudan. I was the middle school Bible teacher, the language teacher, the counselor, and the academic support person of this school. And I also coordinated the community gardens for the refugee population. Out of this context, the Lord called me to Germany. It was at the beginning of the school year, uh, as I received a very unexpected call from my immigration lawyer who said that my green card had not been approved. Give us more time, Birgit, he said, you, you're illegal right now, you leave the country right now, you have to leave the country right now. Uh, within three days, I found myself on a plane on the way to Germany, sitting next to a missionary who was on the way to Jordan to visit his sick daughter. His, his wife has gone on an earlier flight anxiously, and so I got her spot as a last minute deal, and he was the one who told me all about BFA, the whole mission, the whole vision of the school. And I remember he finished with the statement, if you ever should decide to stay in Germany, this school would be a very good fit for you. I laughed <laughs> and I said, there's no way that I ever gonna go back to Germany. Besides, uh, the children who are living with me right now, I don't have the legal guardianship for them. I couldn't take them with me. So um, I went my way and uh, God had other plans. As I arrived at my parents' home, it was the hour my father was released from the hospital with a terminal cancer diagnosis. And bedridden, he now could not take care of my mother anymore, who had Alzheimer's and Parkinson. Um, it was immediately obvious to everyone why I was there. And um, nursing both of them and seeing them fading in and out of reality, 
I became more and more aware that I was going to lose them. That troubled me greatly because both of my parents, like the rest of my very large family and my former husband, who had divorced me because I had come to saving faith, they all were not believers. Having prayed Acts 16.31 for 20 years, I had not seen much change. God, you are saying, if you call on the name of Jesus, you will be saved, you and your household, your family, but how is it going to look like? Um, Lord, uh, we don't have much time left, and this whole generation is passing away, I said. Um, and at this very moment, I became so aware of the privilege that we were given to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And I felt this burden of responsibility for people who have never had my folks in Germany, they have never had the opportunity to hear the full truth, to get saved, to get discipled like we have. And um, so, after wrestling intensely with the Lord for the fruitful ministry back in Memphis, I finally agreed to stay in my birth village with my kin for a while and to give up my adopted children to French Camp Academy in Mississippi, a boarding home where they could finish their high school education. God is faithful to his promises. My father gave his life to Jesus on his deathbed. My godmother, too, on her deathbed. My mom is in a good place with the Lord. Several relatives got saved. And I'm going to stay here in this province as long as I have the legal guardianship for my mother. Serving enthusiastically, with this wonderful BFA academic support team under the supervision of Rebecca Swanson-Bergen. Thank you for listening. Hi, we're Bud and Carol. We um, have been believers probably longer than most of you have been alive. <laughs> We've been married 52 years. We have... <laughs> We have six children, 15 grandchildren, and four great-grandchildren. And our journey here uh, began before we retired. We talked about the fact that when we retired, we wanted to do something with missions and somehow to serve. But we never thought with um, our maturity that we would be able to do full-time ministry. But we went on a short-term mission with a couple that had been missionaries for 32 years to Brazil in 2018. And they hadn't been back for a while, but when we walked down the streets, people just came up to them and hugged them, and they were so happy to see them. And then they took us to some of the places that they had been instrumental in beginning. Churches, uh, homes for kids, drug rehab centers, and we saw the difference that these two people had made because they said yes to the Lord. So we got home and we were praying about how could God use us, still not knowing that it would be anything more than short-term missions. And um, so we talked with our pastor and he said, oh no, they use people with your longevity. Um, <laughs> And so we uh, prayed some more. During the process that we were doing this, what kept coming to my mind was 
God talking to this guy in the Bible and said, hey, I want you to go to Nineveh. And he goes, no, nah, no, nah, I got a cruise scheduled, you know? So I look at that, you know, and God told Jonah to go, and Jonah said no. And I thought, I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'm smarter than that, so I'm not going to say no. So we decided to go to Florida. We're going to pray. And we took a month, and we went to Florida. Some of our kids came to visit. And we just randomly picked a beach one day and decided we'd go down there and start praying about whether or not God really wanted us in the ministry. As we got out of the car, there were five young men getting out of the car. At first, Carol thought they were probably LDS elders, because, uh, you know, five of them together. But they didn't dress the part, so we knew that wasn't the case. So she says, uh, what are you guys doing down here? And this young man looked at me, and he said, this is our beach. And I thought, oh, man, this is not going to go well. You know? But then he explained that they came there once a week on a Monday at 3 o'clock to pray for people that they met on the beach. And it just so happened that we went to that beach at 3 o'clock on the Monday uh, to pray also. So they asked if they could pray for us and, and with us. And we said, sure, you know, we'd love it. We told them what we're doing. And we prayed. And when we got done, this young man says, I really believe in my heart that God is really truly calling you to be the in, in the uh, missionary phase. And I thought, well, that's, that's nice. And he said, I believe it so much that I want to be the first person to support you in that endeavor. He reached in his pocket, handed me a wad of money, and I said, hey, I don't need your money. I don't want your money. You know? and, and, and he said, don't rob me of this blessing. Well, the, the moral of that story is if someone's going to give you money, take it. You know? That man, we were committed. Yeah, we were at that point. We were we were committed. Uh, I can tell you what committed means if you want to speak to me personally sometime. Uh, but anyway, we went home. That young man handed us $121 out of his pocket, and we found out later that he could not really afford $121. But it was okay, you know. And I think our philosophy so far has been in our lives: if you're not dead, you're not done. So we're we're still going. So. <laughs> And when we went to our um, interview conference, uh, BFA was the choice that stuck out to both of us. And we had never heard of BFA before last October. But we like kids, and we like the woods, and our kids wanted us to go someplace where we'd be safe. So uh, we applied, and here we are. Good morning, we are the Schlonickers. Schlonickers. It's confusing, it's okay. Uh, we have three kids. Trey is going into sixth grade, Natalie into third, and Sophie into first. Good, I already said that, okay. I'm a script reader, we're gonna go from there. <laughs> I've spent most of my life in Eastern Pennsylvania growing up in a Christ-centered home as a PK. I became a follower of Jesus when I was seven. I attended public school, K to 12, was active in my youth group and had a solid group of Christian friends. Life was not perfect, and certainly I was not either, but through it all, my parents taught me and my siblings about serving and trusting God through the ups and downs, casting all our cares on the Lord because he cares for us. If any of you are familiar with Salty, the singing songbook, <laughs> the cares chorus was our family song. So I think to Denise's point, it's nice to come to a country where people actually know how to pronounce your last name. Uh, my parents moved to Venezuela as dorm parents and teachers, so my two younger sisters and I were born and raised in Venezuela and so grateful to have been raised in a Christ-centered home and environment um, where my parents 
lived out their faith. They modeled it for us and also invited us into their ministry at the school, uh, but also in the community. Other than several years uh, in high school, when my parents returned to the dorm, I was a home student, so enjoyed the best of both worlds, so to speak. And the staff at Christensen Academy had such a profound impact uh, on all facets of my life. When we got married back in 2005, we talked about serving at an MK school together in the future. But that idea was put on the back burner for some time as the Lord had us in Pennsylvania. For the past 20 years, we've been involved in a sports ministry around the world and thought that is where God, we would invest for the foreseeable future. However, we clearly sensed the Lord leading us elsewhere in the spring of 2019, which is when we started to explore what the Lord might have for us next. One of the main reasons for a change was the extensive travel that Chico was doing, which was putting a strain on our young family. We were looking for a place that we could all serve together. So last August, we traveled out to the Midwest to, to visit a contingent of supporters. And while staying with my, my grandmother near Grand Rapids, we had a chance to visit with Mark and Chris Crooks, Josh's parents, uh, who, we'd known in, who I'd known in Venezuela and who we had served together doing sports ministry in Italy from time to time. And we shared with them one-on-one uh, -on -one that we were wrestling and praying through what the Lord had for us next. And within five minutes, they were putting the full court press on for BFA and said, you really, you guys really need to consider being dorm parents at BFA. They thought we'd be a good fit. So for the next three weeks, we ran into at least one, maybe five people that would bring up BFA in conversation randomly. And for the past 20 years, nobody ever decided to mention that. Uh, so we decided we better take notice and maybe God was really pointing us in this direction. Our kids knew we were exploring other options as well. But they were pretty set on mom and dad changing jobs but not changing homes. That's the home they grew up in Emmaus was the only home each of them had ever known. So knowing our kids, we decided that telling them that the Lord could be calling us to Germany was best to be done at 65 miles an hour down the road coming back from family vacation in North Carolina so that they couldn't jump, up, jump out and run away. <laughs> and as you can imagine, that news was met with sobbing and crying and yelling, specifically from the back of the van, which was, God is wrong, repeatedly, over and over and over. And that, in one sense, that really broke our heart at that time. On the way home from that vacation at one of the rest stops, Natalie said, Mom, this will not be as hard for you as it will be for us, because we have more friends than you do. <laughs> it's true. It is true. But we prayed that uh, God would change our hearts, and he did. And even since arriving here, one of our kids turned to Chico and said, do you like living in Germany? And when Chico said uh, yes, they said, okay, good. <laughs> uh, one of our kids who will remain nameless uh, literally tried to tank his application, thinking that doing that would not allow us to come. But by, by God's grace, he was able to overcome that. Uh, but like, and, and don't ask him that, please. <laughs> But like many of you, it's abundantly clear that this is where God has led us and where he wants us to be. And we're excited to be in Maugenhart. We've been blessed with tremendous RAs, a great Res Life staff. And, you know, many of you have reached out and warmly welcomed us. And we greatly, greatly appreciate that. And we're excited about what God is going to do with us here. And just remember what my mom said as, she was drop as they were dropping us off at the airport. They said, I hope you're taking notes because you'll see God do miracles today as you travel to Germany and they'll continue, so make sure you're paying attention. Thank you. <laughs> okay, good morning, my name's Cindy, and um, I'm excited to briefly color in our journey of our family 
crossing our Jordan River to get to our promised land. Born and raised as a PK, um, after school I went to Bible college, met my husband who is um, also um, a German, but was raised in South Africa, so he has a German passport, but he's, and he doesn't speak much German, but he's learning. Um, so he had a heart for Germany from the very start of our, our marriage. Um, but it wasn't my heart at the time. We, we have been pastoring churches for over 20 years, planting churches, and God has used us to bring healing to the broken, to turn soil that is hard, and release us to move on so that the um, soil can be planted. We have three beautiful children, a 20-year-old daughter, and two teenage testosterone sons, um, which one is going to be joining here um, at BFA. In 2013, we were asking the question again, but this time I was joining my husband in asking the question, Germany, Lord, is it time? That year we planned a family holiday to Germany. Five of us, plus my in-laws, came to a small little town called Camden, only because the, the rent was cheaper at that stage to stay here. But God knew better. He was introducing us to Camden and BFA. We visited the school and looked for opportunities to come and serve here. And then we again asked God, is it time, Lord? We see a fit here. God said, wait. So finally, when I was ready to move on, God said, wait. So we waited. 2017, we asked again earnestly, Lord, is it time yet? Finally, in 2018, God said to us, you've got the green light. Go and find your promised land. In 2019, I resigned from my church work, and I started preparing our family in selling everything that we had. We sold all our possession, possessions, not knowing where we were going, where we were going to live, which city to plant ourselves in, not knowing what jobs we were coming to, not knowing where our kids would go to school, but God knew. We packed our two suitcases each, our two dogs, and the day had finally arrived. We landed in Germany, our promised land, the land of pretzels and beer. <laughs> God miraculously planted us into a small little town called Baden-Weiler, 15 kilometers or so away from, from Camden. Miraculously, we found space for Benjamin, our son, who had no other opportunities but to be at BFA. I looked for opportunities to serve, and miraculously, there was opportunity to fill in the space and position as registrar. registrar. God is faithful and loving. He always keeps his promises as we cross the Jordan rivers, and he is always on time. It's great to be here. Um, I'm Astra Penner, and this is a very, like, clip version of my life and how I got to Asian care. So I grew up in a Korean-American immigrant pastor's home, and in this there are some joys, but there's a lot of struggles. And the two things that I struggled with, with were, one, identity, being Korean, being American, too much or not enough of one of the other. And then I struggled to understand, understand scripture 
as the ultimate authority as I saw culture trump scripture over and over again. And though I gave my life to Christ at age 13, it was more of the fear of going to hell than understanding the gospel. So like any other good Christian pastor's daughter would do when I got to college, I partied. <laughs> I was really good at looking like a Christian girl, a good Christian girl on the outside, but inside I was a hot mess. My sophomore year of college is when God got a hold of my heart and taught me how to have a relationship with him apart from culture and apart from rules. And that's when he taught me to abide and taught me who I was in Christ. So quick overview of the next 15 years. I met Phil while I was teaching. He was on his way to Indonesia to church plant with pioneers and we fell in love on the playgrounds during recess, got married, had a daughter named Anna and moved to Indonesia. Two years into being in Indonesia, Phil died. So Anna and I went back to Chicago. God asked us to return to Indonesia. So Anna, went, Anna and I went there for a couple more years and then went to Chicago so I can go to grad school. And I um, got my master's in counseling ministries. And then I went back to Pioneers to work with TCKs. Um, and we were there for a couple of years in Orlando and then ended up back in Chicago. <laughs> and that's where we're coming from. So after our time in Orlando, I decided that I was staying put in one place. God was not gonna move us until Anna was out of high school. I felt like Anna needed roots and I felt like I needed roots. And <laughs> honestly, I was just done with everything. Um, so when people asked if we were going overseas again, I would, without hesitation, say nope. <laughs> On the other hand, Anna was seeking opportunities to go overseas whenever she could, and when I would say no, she would rebuttal by asking if I prayed about it. <laughs> so last year, God started challenging me on um, my answer of nope, and slowly I started praying and having real talks with Jesus. And I honestly, the bottom line was I was scared. Anna and I had a really hard time in Orlando, especially Anna, and she struggled, and I, as a mom, didn't want to go through that again. And so as I prayed, God told me two things. <laughs> One, he loved Anna more than I could ever love her. <laughs> and two, <clears throat> sorry, <laughs> what he had for me, was gonna be just as much for her as it was gonna be for me. And that's all I needed to hear. So I went online and I started seeking and it felt like God gave me permission to look at what he has given me throughout my life. And Agent Cure was what came, so here I am. <laughs> all right, good morning. Hello, balcony sitters, nice to see you. So my BFA story technically began about two years ago, but in reality, God's been scripting my journey to BFA for decades. I grew up in a Christian home and came to Saving Faith when I was about 10, and from then, I was fairly faithful, not perfect by any means, but faithful in my walk with the Lord. While growing up, my parents modeled for my sisters and I what it looks like to have a global mindset and to see God's heart for the nations. We frequently hosted missionaries in our home, and my parents gave faithfully to the work that the Lord was doing around the world. During my college years in California, I got really involved in the Campus Crusade for Christ movement on my university's campus, and I watched as God called many of my friends into full-time ministry and international missions. Not that the idea of vocational ministry was abhorrent to me by any means, it just wasn't something that I pursued or even felt like God was calling me to yet. Um, so after graduation, I moved to Texas. 
whoop, whoop. And that's when God really began to work on my heart, loosening the very tight grip that I had formed around my plans for my life. It was there in the desert of West Texas where God patiently taught me how to joyfully accept his plans for my life through faithful obedience to follow him. As God continued to work in my heart, softening it to what he had planned, he called me into full-time ministry, literally with a phone call, in 2013. And it wasn't two days into my job in the children's ministry at my church that I knew without a shadow of a doubt that God had created me to serve him in full-time ministry. While I worked at the church, God also opened up doors for me to serve with the children's ministry member care group that specifically focuses on serving missionary kids while their parents are attending their organization's annual conference. It was on my first trip to Thailand in 2015 with this group when God planted the seed of loving missionary kids in my heart. He continued to grow my love for this special group of kids and students and increase my desire to see them, to know them, to be their advocate and their mentor. So when God began to move in my heart in the fall of 2018, I knew that he was preparing me for a change. I just didn't know what. Uh, but I knew he was getting me ready to be fully freed up to follow him wherever he sent me. Because of the connections that were made through the MK ministry group, God kept putting BFA and their students in front of my mind and on my heart to where it was absolutely clear that this place is where God wants me to be in this season of my life for what he has planned. And I am so thrilled to finally be here. Um, it feels like this is the culmination of so many desires of my heart and passions that I have. And I cannot wait to see what God has planned this year. Thanks. One day in my eighth grade science class, Mr. Durham was teaching about magnetism. <clears throat> I asked the question, is lead magnetic? Without saying a word, Mr. Durham put a piece of lead in a magnet on my desk and walked away, inviting me to discover it for myself. This is so cool, I thought. I'd like to be a science teacher. God had other plans. In the early 70s, as teenagers, Amy and I each met Jesus. Uh, in 1975, we met each other when I moved to San Jose, California to get my teaching credential. In 1978, 10 days after proposing to Amy, our pastor asked me to be the founding principal of the kindergarten through ninth grade school that our church was going to be starting. I had applied to be a science teacher. Um, <clears throat> right, I said yes. I was 25 years old. Amy was 21. She was my administrative assistant. We were married for better, for worse, and for lunch. <laughs> this is going to be great. This is going to be cool. This is going to be amazing. That was the first 23 years of our marriage. In actuality, it was grueling, hard, and almost destroyed our marriage. But God had other plans. Those plans included three and a half years of marriage counseling that restored our relationship. In 2003, we started our second season of working in schools. I was a preschool through eighth grade superintendent for 11 years, and Amy worked in a junior high school office for 17 years. In 2014, I resigned from my job, needing and looking for something else that would be new and fulfilling and fitting, something that I could use to close out my employment career so that Amy could retire, so that we could walk into a comfortable old age together. We were confident in 2014 that I'd find a job in just a few weeks. God had other plans. I applied for an estimated 125 jobs. A few garnered interviews, most resulted in no response. A handful of them were perfect fits for my experience, my heart's desire, my abilities. Everything from community colleges, colleges, universities, and government jobs. On several occasions, we marveled at a connection that we made, 
a new job was created, or a position that we just happened to hear about knowing that this was the job that was meant for me, for us, for our future. Every single one of them was a closed door. And to be honest, those doors didn't close softly or quietly. Rather, they felt like slammed shut in my face doors. The years and years of applying, pursuing, and waiting turned out to be years of pruning, purging, weeding, humbling, and growing. I worked as a substitute teacher, helped a Bible college through their accreditation process, went to a local jail to help inmates earn their GED, and I was an adjunct professor for an online program, and I worked in a machine shop cutting, polishing, and delivering steel and aluminum. God had plans. This season, while only five years long, was one of the most significant deserts we have ever been in. It became more and more apparent that there was no full-time job in sight for me, and that meant Amy would have to continue her job to maintain our benefits and a consistent income. We have two children. Our son and daughter-in-law, Ben and Jessica Van Meter, moved here to Condurn with our granddaughters five years ago. They work with Wycliffe SIL. Our daughter and son-in-law, Missy and Chris, came to Condurn with our grandson two years ago. They work here at BFA. <laughs> In April of 2019, we came to visit our children and grandchildren. While here, our son mentioned that his friend, Clarence Yao, wondered if we had a few moments to chat. <laughs> what? We assumed, <laughs> We assumed that Clarence had some school issue or situation or something. He just needed someone outside the organization to bounce some thoughts off of. We went to his office, sat down, and visited with some small talk. Then Clarence spoke the words that revealed God's plan all along. So, he said, it's obvious. God has moved your entire immediate family <coughs> to this village. You two have so much experience. We need you at this school. Until that moment, it was never... <coughs> It was never, it had never been obvious. It was never even an idea. It was never an option. We are not missionaries, our children are. Amy had lived her entire 63 years in San Jose. We'd lived in the same house for 40 years. I'm 67. But God had plans to fulfill a dream and offer a new purpose. Now it's obvious. Now we see the plan that God had all along in the five years of closed doors. He had a deep work to do in pruning, changing, and preparing us, as well as orchestrating a future the likes of which are exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. So here we are. We are easily the most rookie, raw, and noob people in this room. After 42 years, I get to be the science teacher I wanted to be. Uh, my name is Kim Schlonecker. I had to come to Germany to find somebody with my last name. <laughs> Um, our stories are very similar, but God definitely called us in different ways. I am an MK, born and raised in Venezuela. I had the privilege of being raised at a boarding school as a staff kid, a dorm parent kid, and also a dorm student. Uh, I love my time at Christensen Academy, the mentors, teachers, and forever friends that I found there. Uh, just before my senior year in high school, a sports ministry called Push the Rock brought their first basketball team to Venezuela on their first missions trip, led by Chico. I was hooked. How cool to combine the three things I love the most, Jesus, sports, and kids. I felt it was then that I felt God calling me into full-time sports ministry. After college, I went on to spend the next 17 years at Push the Rock, 12 as an office manager and five as the district manager. This is where I thought that I would be forever, but obviously God had a different plan.
About two years ago, I found myself restless, really wrestling with different things going on at work. Things were changing, and Push the Rock's focus was different than what I had felt called to do. I was conflicted because great things were happening in my district, but personally, I was struggling. Last August, I took a 10-week sabbatical to seek God's direction. I needed confirmation on whether to stay at Push the Rock or if it was time to move on. At about week seven, I felt released from Push the Rock. What a great relief to find direction, but now what? Sports ministry is all I'd ever done. What kind of job would I get? As I looked at various jobs outside and inside of ministry, nothing really excited me. I sat down with Denise one day and talked about my desire to invest in people. She mentioned being an RD in a college dorm, but I didn't really pursue that because I was quite established in Pennsylvania. As I struggled to find something, one day Chico suggested that I look at BFA to see if I could find something that would interest me. They had already applied and were waiting to be accepted. My initial response was no. I didn't want to leave my family, the other half, uh, and all that I was familiar with, and I had no desire to live in Europe. Well, again, God had different plans. He kept bringing BFA to mind, and I would wake up thinking about it. Finally, I said, okay, God, I'll look, I'll apply, but you'll have to open all the doors. And like only God can do, he opened the doors. Within two months, I told Push the Rock I was leaving got accept and got accepted to BFA. The next seven months, God continued to show himself faithful and confirm this new calling on my life each time I doubted or questioned him. I found myself saying, only God could have done that. I still find myself saying that as I have, had, as I have the amazing opportunity to serve with my family, something that God knew I would need, a community that I've already found here, and an answer to a prayer prayed long ago that I would have the opportunity to invest in kids the way that people invested in me. I am so thankful for God's clear direction, and I'm excited to serve here. Thank you. So my BFA story began 34 years ago when I arrived at Stork as a junior in high school. My parents were church planners in Germany, and ever since my oldest brother enrolled at BFA in 1979, yes, 1979, my parents had yearly sent one of us to, off to BFA. Over 13 years of um, Stolzfusses, that was my maiden name, have walked to these halls. And as I shared on Friday, BFA was socially and spiritually an oasis for me, and BFA just has a way of becoming a part of you. So after graduating and moving on to college, I had absolutely no intention of ever becoming a teacher, but that's a story for another time. I only have three minutes. Um, so once I chose education as a career path, the thought occurred to me, why not teach at BFA? So I came to BFA for four years as a teacher, and it's during those four years that my BFA high school sweetheart re-entered my life. And so 12 years after graduating, 12 years after dating, the first time, Don and I got married, and once again, I left BFA. So, fast forward, three kids later, Don's schooling and work took us to New York City, Dubai, Qatar, Nigeria, and then to Malaysia. And in Malaysia, our kids were of schooling age, and so um, we sent our kids to Dalat, which is a former Christian Missionary Alliance school, and an MK school, a lot like BFA, so we were thrilled. But eight months into Don's two-year contract, the shipyard that he worked at went bankrupt. And frankly, we were kind of sick of traveling. We had moved eight times in 10 years of marriage, 
And so um, we decided to just stay in Malaysia and see what would happen. So at that time, Dilat needed a part-time social studies teacher. And so after 10 years of being in the classroom, I decided, why not go back? And so um, I discovered that I loved teaching. Um, and that also freed up Don to start his own maritime company. And so as we were thinking about the future, we were like, well, why can't we do this at BFA? And so we contacted Tim Schumann, who was the director at the time, and we just started a dialogue. That was 10 years ago. So fast forward to 11 years later, um, God gave us 11 wonderful years in Malaysia at Dalat, with the school really being an anchor for our family, but I knew it wasn't our final destination. And so I didn't really want to spend 36 hours flying to see my family. I was a TCK, I was married to a TCK, and we just couldn't see ourselves living in the same place for forever. So two years ago, um, well, then we started to look into BFA more seriously, and no one in the history department was leaving. There weren't any jobs. <laughs> there really literally were not any jobs in the history department. And so two years ago, um, we came to visit um, over the summertime, and I left feeling like I'm okay if God never brings me back here. And then God just had a way of giving me my dream in a different way in his time. And so we found out that there was an opening at um, BFA and we applied. And so I'm really, really glad to be back here. It is a bit of a time warp. Um, some buildings have changed. Um, most of the staff has changed, but I feel like the essence of BFA is still the same. And um, I'm just really, really thankful that God has given me the opportunity to serve at two different schools in two different parts of the world. And um, yet they both had the same heart um, for the gospel. And I'm really, really glad that we get to continue our BFA story here. I'm Heather Powers. This is my husband, Micah. Um, and we've done this before. <laughs> um, I was born in Oregon in a small town. I went to a small Christian school in my church um, my whole growing up. So my life was very rooted um, and very, very small and protected. Um, after high school, I went to Trinity Western University in uh, British Columbia and discovered that I wasn't as much of a homebody as I thought I was. Um, and then at the end of those four years, um, God called me to Black Forest Academy. As an RA. As an RA, mm -hmm. yes, in Bitligan. And I was also born in Oregon. Um, I'm a pastor's kid. And we only lived in Oregon until I was six. And uh, moved around a lot. We kind of and evenly divided my my life uh, in Oregon, Texas, Saskatchewan, and Maryland. So a little bit of everything in North America. Um, and I, in college, was pursuing an education degree and heard about BFA from a friend who was an RA and had a really hard time here. But from her support letters, I learned about the school and uh, thought it sounded really fascinating, so I agreed to come for one year and uh, met her at New Staff Orientation. <laughs> so we were married uh, 16 months after we met. We'd been engaged for eight of those months, um, but for our kids' purposes, it was two years. <laughs> <laughs> um, he came for one year, I came for two, and we en ended up here for eight. So. For those of you who think you're here short term, you watch out. God might have different plans. Um, our son Ezra was born here. 
And um, then we felt God calling us out, calling us to something else. Um, and God made it really clear that we were to go to Spain um, to a missionary kids school there. So we had a year of furlough in the States where Audrey was born and it being a huge God thing because she was crazy high risk. Um, and then we went to Spain. We were there for three years. And at the end of the three years, God made it really clear that our time there was over. And we headed back to the States and God planted us in a really good community in Oregon um, near my family. So we've been living in Salem, Oregon for the last five years. I was a principal at a Christian high school, similar size to BFA. Um, and it was, as Heather said, a really great place for our kids. Uh, they really flourished there. We, we learned a lot more about our kids and some of the struggles that they had had in Spain. Um, and got really plugged into our church there. And uh, yet after we'd been there for about three years, we could see that God had really filled our our hands with good things to do for him um, and great community and we still both really felt like we weren't done with MK ministry uh, and with God's work in Europe specifically and we didn't know where that meant or what that meant um, and we couldn't deny that God had planted us where we were in Oregon there so we just started praying really in a dedicated way um, and especially guided by Psalm 37, 3 to 5. And I won't quote it now because we only have a little bit of time. But um, if you haven't ever kind of committed to praying through that and you're trying to make a life decision, that's a really good passage for us. Um, anyways, we just started praying that God would either release us from that call and give us peace in just going forward with that life in Oregon or that he would call us back to MK ministry in a way that was unmistakably from him. And it, it wasn't specifically about BFA, although um, BFA is home. In fact, in a lot of ways, we probably would have thought that was too good to be true uh, to come back to BFA. Uh, so last summer, I was praying, as I often do, like, God, why have you made me a school administrator? Um, what is it that you want to accomplish through me or through my ministry? And felt really clearly like he was saying over a course of a few days in a row, mentor, train, and encourage teachers. Just heard that message really loud and clear. And that is a part of a principal's role for sure. So um, I felt convicted about my position at that school and kind of tried to apply that to that school. And then um, about a month into the school year, BFA contacted us and um, set up a video chat with Gavin. And on that call, Gavin shared the need for a high school principal for one year. Um, to cover for Ellen while she's gone, but then the need long-term for um, another addition to the leadership team who would really focus on mentoring, training, and encouraging teachers. Hey, everybody. Uh, Sam and Jesse Skidmore. So um, we're both from Oklahoma, and I grew up in Oklahoma all my life uh, until we moved to Germany in 2013. So I'd never even left the country before then, but I grew up in a semi-Christian home. Uh, my mom was a strong believer. My dad was somewhat. And uh, I came to faith early in my youth. So, um, I also grew up in a Christian home in Oklahoma um, with a great parents and a great church, um, but never dreamed that I would be involved in ministry or missions. We weren't pastor's kids or anything. Um, but we uh, met each other at work after college at a book publishing company. And that's where I knew I was going to spend the rest of my life. It was going to be my career. Um, it was a miracle that I got the job. 
Um, then when I met Sam, it was clear that after we got married, we needed to leave the job, but I didn't want to, and I vividly remember Sam being frustrated one day as he was trying to brainstorm options, and he said, why won't you just dream with me? And I said, well, I don't have any other dreams. This is where I want to be, and there's nothing else I want to do besides like live in Europe, and that's never going to happen. And so <laughs> um, and then we found out, long story short, um, that, well, mission, that missions, um, nowadays you kind of need a, a business degree um, and visa to get into a country rather than a missionary visa. And so we both looked at each other like, what? Like, I didn't know that what I did could be involved in missions overseas. And so um, I actually knew Callie Buchholz, for those of you who maybe knew Callie, uh, Ariette uh, Blauen, and Facebooked her after we heard about BFA randomly online. Um, this is a little out of order, kind of, like heart rate is really high. Um, <laughs> um, uh, and she told us all about it, and so we thought, oh my goodness, let's apply. Um, we were kind of thinking about it. Long story short, found out that my job was going to be outsourced to the Philippines, and I was let go. So I thought, wow, God gives and takes away. I would never have left this job, but I guess we have no option but to try and go to BFA, because otherwise I'll be jobless. And so we applied and were accepted in um, late June 2013. And then God raised all the funds that we needed miraculously and found ourselves here at BFA in 2013 um, for one year. <laughs> and then that turned into four when we learned that it means a lot to the students to have consistency. Um, and so we had sophomore small groups, decided to take those to graduation. Um, and then after that third year, we didn't quite know what to do. So we stayed a fourth year. Um, and Sam decided to start seminary at Dallas Theological Seminary online that year. Yeah. Um so yeah, our fourth year, uh, we were really just wondering what to do, and I kept thinking, man, I really want to do ministry in the States because I saw the need for missionary work around the world, and so I wanted to get involved with uh, helping young people go out and start serving uh, the Lord all around the world instead of just like in the United States. And so um, as I was wanting to do that, I uh, got to start seminary, which would, had been a dream for a long time, and so... At the end of our fourth year, we moved back to the United States and moved to Dallas so I could continue my degree at Dallas uh, Theological Seminary on campus. And that was a great time for us. We lived right on campus and um, had good friends there on campus, uh, good friends in our church. Um, but it was difficult at the same time. Uh, Jesse's job was hard um, and my job, I, I worked full time and went to school almost full time too. And so it was just not the easiest time, but it was a very good time. And uh, during that first year there, out of our three years in Dallas, uh, I started to learn that what I was looking to do in the States uh, wasn't really probably gonna happen. Uh, I started to, every ministry opportunity I tried, it just kinda failed. It was like, no, we don't need anybody else, so. Uh, we spoke with the Michaels, or I spoke with the Michaels right before they were coming back home from home assignment, and they said, do you think you'll ever come back to BFA? And I was like, no way. Uh, the very next week, we were talking to Sarah and Urkai Watson as they were driving to the airport to fly back to BFA, and after that phone call, I looked at Jesse and I said, what if we went back? And so, two years later, we're here. The Lord has been very good. He got us the right jobs, the right positions here, and uh, got us the support and everything we need. So we're so grateful, and we're so glad to be here. And um, yeah, the Lord is very good. Thank you.
A month ago, after I was fully funded, I was talking to my sister and I told her, I was like, okay, when I get to, to um, Condor to BFA, I am going to tell everyone who will listen to me what the, how the Lord has been faithful in bringing me here. So y'all have like two and a half minutes now that you get to listen to me, so I'm going to tell you as much as possible in those two and a half minutes. Um, as I share, I realized this morning as I was thinking, I was like, I, my whole desire in sharing this, because there's so much that's just like, wow, that's incredible, God's blessing. I just want to just add another reinforcement to God's faithfulness and his ability to bring all the new students that are coming in. Like, if God can work what he worked in my life in these past six months, he can bring all the students that need to come in um, on Monday. So, all right. Um, I came from a family of missionaries and whatnot. My grandparents on both sides were missionaries in Italy and Ethiopia. My grand, one of my sets of grandparents were dorm parents in a boarding house in Ethiopia. My dad attended BFA and was a student in HBR, which is really sweet that I get to serve there as well. It's been really neat to see that. Um, I, in high school, and uh, when I was about 15, I remember thinking that if I ever went into ministry, I wanted to do everyday life as a ministry. And I remember laughing and thinking, well, that's funny because that's not a job description, that's just something you do. Um, last summer, though, ironically, I was looking at the job description for BFA, and the last sentence on my, <clears throat> excuse me, my organization's website said, doing everyday life with the students. And it was really sweet to see that combination and just the confirmation again and again in talking to um, people here and then also with my organization. It was really a confirmation that this is where the Lord was leading me in the next step of ministry. Um, March, at March 6th, I started training with my organization. I came back after that and went straight into quarantine in Chicago. And at that point, I was just starting, and I was very much questioning whether I would actually be here in time. Um, but I felt like the Lord was very, there were several things that happened that were like, okay, this is the exact amount I needed for this. And uh, doors kept on opening for support raising and whatnot. So on June 1st, I quit my job, and I started traveling uh, for support raising. June 30th, I got a phone call from my organization saying I needed to be fully funded by July 15th in order to um, be here on time. And at that point, I was at 40% funding. I didn't have a passport. I didn't have a plane ticket. And at that point, when I got that phone call, I was like, okay, I don't know if I'm actually going to make it. But that was really when the Lord broke me and was like, it's not you that's going to be support raising. It's me that's going to bring in everything that you need. And on July 7th, I was at 98% funding, which was incredible. I can't tell you how amazing it was to just sit and see the faithfulness of the Lord and bringing that in. I was constantly reminded of that passage in Exodus when the Israelites are afraid of are seeing the Pharaoh's army coming and they're just not sure how they're going to make it. And they're like, why did you bring us here? What are you doing? And the Lord spoke to Moses and said, just stand still and watch me fight for you. And that just was literally how it felt. I was just sitting there seeing the Lord fight for me. Um, the last battle was my passport. I had renewed it, and it just was taking too much time, and it says red right there. So it's a fantastic story, an incredible journey of a phone call on Monday that resulted in my passport arriving on Wednesday. So that's the story I can tell you if you come up and ask me, and I would love to share it. So blessings on you all. We hope you enjoyed these as much as we did. Continually pray for the names that you have heard. Thank you so much for being a part of what BFA is doing around the world. If you want to be included in next year's episode as a new staff, we'd invite you to check out the website. We're Josh and Nathan, and thanks so much for listening.